Word for today, a ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church in Egan, Minnesota. It is our prayer that the message from God's Holy Word would bring a new and deeper love for Jesus in your life. Good morning. Good to be able to come to God's Word with you today and as we come into this Christmas season to hear uh, what His Word would have to tell us about the coming of His Son, Jesus. Uh, I want to tell you a story this morning as we begin looking at God's Word about when I was a kid. Uh, when I was a young child, there were a number of things that, that scared me, that terrified me. Uh, I was scared of the dark. I was scared of, of noises in the dark and, and things that would creep and crawl and make noise outside my room. Uh, it made me scared of what was lurking outside. Uh, I was scared of storms, of thunder and lightning and loud booms and all kinds of things. I was scared of tornadoes. And I remember uh, one of the big tornadoes that swept through Minnesota back when I was a young child. And uh, all these different kinds of things would scare me. And of course, they don't now, right? Because I'm bigger and more mature, and those things don't scare me anymore. That's right. But, you know, when I was a little kid, it made all the difference in the world when my dad was with me. When my dad was with me. And when he was there, I knew that I would be okay. I knew that no matter what was going on around me, no matter what kind of big, bad, horrible things were out there, scary things or, or things that could cause me harm. I knew that when my dad was with me, I would be okay. And, and why do you think that was? Why is it that my dad's presence with me would, would change my attitude or my demeanor toward things? Well, the reason for me, I think, is that I, I knew that my dad loved me. I knew that he cared about me. And I knew that he would do whatever he could to save me from the disasters that seemed like such big threats to the different things I was scared about. And as we come to God's word this morning, I want you to consider how God does the same kind of thing for us. I want you to consider how God does the same kind of thing for us. And during this Christmas season, as we've gone through the month of December now, we, we've heard often that word Emmanuel. Remember that? Emmanuel. We've heard it sung in songs and maybe even read in our scripture readings. It's a very Christmas word. And, and a lot of times we hear it, but we don't stop to think about what it means. Uh, what does that word mean, Emmanuel? What does that mean? That's right. It means God is with us. God with us. And I want you to think about that for a moment. What does it mean to have God with us? What does it mean to have your heavenly Father with you? It means that this is not just an abstract God, right? This is not just a God in the sky, someone who just created all things and set it into motion, wound it all up, and then just was hands off. No, this is not an abstract God or a God who's removed from things, but it's a God who's intimately involved and near and dear to us, working in our lives. And think about that, that presence, though. What is significance about that presence of the Lord with us. Why would we have a cause or a reason to celebrate that? Well, why, why would that make us feel secure and safe amidst the storms that we go through in our life? And, and as we turn to the Word of God this morning, we get a chance to hear 
uh, an answer to that. We get a chance to hear about the significance of God with us, Emmanuel. And, and so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. Zephaniah 3, 14 through 17. And uh, Zephaniah is one of the minor prophets. So if you open up your Bible to the middle and you hit Psalms or one of the major prophets like Jeremiah, you start going to the right. And if you hit the New Testament, Matthew or one of the Gospels, you've gone too far. It's one of those little books that's just buried in there. And, and maybe a, a strange place to go when we think about Christmas, this Old Testament minor prophet, but in it we get a glimpse of, of what Emmanuel means. So the significance of God with us and his presence with us. And just want to read those verses for us. Zephaniah 3, 14 through 17. Zephaniah says there, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Heavenly Father, as we look at your word this morning, as we, as we examine, Lord, your presence with us, your promise to be with us, to never leave us or forsake us, as we consider Emmanuel, Lord, we do your work in our hearts today by your Holy Spirit and your grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Look with me there in your Bibles if you have them there. Verse 14. I want you to look at, at how Zephaniah starts this section. Look at how he's starting this section. And even just the title there of that section in your Bibles. It's about Israel's joy and restoration. And Zephaniah starts this, this section with all these jubilations and, and, and joyfulness. It's a call to sing, to shout. Sing aloud, O Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice with all your hearts. Something, something good must have happened, right? Zephaniah is talking about this, this call to be uh, celebrating. To singing, to shout, to rejoice, to exalt. All of those things are, are celebratory language there. And, and that's how he starts off this section. Is there's something to be happy about, to be excited about today. And, and as he continues there, we see what this is. In verse 15, there's something particularly that he's drawing their attention to. And he says in verse 15 what it is. He says, the Lord has taken away your punishment. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. Never again will you fear any harm. Such a beautiful verse. Such a reason for celebration. For rejoicing, for singing, for shouting. And buried right there in the middle of this verse is a really important phrase. Did you catch it? He says, the Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. The Lord is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. 
And as you look at this, this phrase here, the Lord, the King of Israel, is with you, what are some of the things you notice? What are some of the things you notice? You, you see how that name Lord is capitalized there? I know we talked about this in the past, but that's pretty significant, isn't it? Whenever you see the name of Lord capitalized, it's, it's really the, the Hebrew word Yahweh. It's God's special name that, that the people of Israel wouldn't even write. They would write capital L-O-R-D, Lord, in its place. But that name is one that God gave to his people to, to remind them that no matter what happened, that he would be their savior. Uh, the word Yahweh, it means I will be what I will be, or I am who I am. The Lord God, he is unchanging. He is the Savior yesterday, today, and forever. He is the one who is always there for us, no matter what kinds of things we may be facing. And, and right here in the middle of all these different promises and all these reasons for celebration is one central thing. The presence of the Lord. This Lord, the one who is unchanging, the one who is our Savior, the one who never leaves us, who is never forsaking us, He is with us. The Lord is with us. And and in conjunction with this, we see all these different promises in this verse, don't we? First off, we, we see at the very end there, the promise right after that statement, the Lord, the King of Israel is with you, the promise is, never again will you fear any harm. Never again will you fear any harm. Think about that kind of a promise. You don't have to fear anything coming your way. Why? Because the Lord is with you. It's just like for me as a little boy, that, that even though there were all different kinds of things to be afraid of, I knew I didn't have to be afraid of them because my dad was with me. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he cared for me. I knew that he was more than able and capable to take care of anything that would come my way. And, and, and in a much greater way, we have that with the Lord. The Lord is with us. He is one who is our Savior, our refuge, one who loves us, one who cares about us. And so the promise is, for those who the Lord is with, there is never again the need to fear any harm. The Lord is with us. And, and does that mean that, that harm won't come? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean that hardships aren't going to be there for the believer? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean that we never may face any difficult circumstances? No, it doesn't mean that. But it means that we don't have to fear them. We don't have to fear them. Why is that? Why is that? Well, Jesus tells us, and he tells his disciples, he says, Do not fear the world, for I have overcome the world. That's right. I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. The reason why we don't have to fear any harm because of the Lord's presence with us, the Lord with us, is that he is stronger and mightier and more able to take care of us despite anything that might come our way. Bankruptcy, no problem for the Lord. Uh, loss, of, loss of a job, no problem for the Lord. The, the loss of, of, of our health and the decline of our health, no problem for the Lord. You see, we, on, on this side of eternity, look at these things and we go, man, this is, this is trouble, this is a hardship. And the Lord says, oh man, you don't even know how, how much I am able to provide for you through this. You don't even know 
how much I am able to, to pr- provide even more than you could ever ask or imagine. And, and sometimes on this side of eternity, we don't always see that, do we? Maybe we were a, a, a lowly pastor and, and we, we wish that, that maybe uh, something could be different in our life circumstance. Or, or maybe uh, you have been struggling with an illness, a physical illness, and you wish that something different could be about your circumstance. Or maybe you've lost a loved one, and you, you go, God, what are you doing? I thought I wasn't supposed to fear anything, and here I've lost somebody I loved and cared about. And the promise is, is that there's going to be some day where there is no more crying or mourning or hardship, that Jesus has overcome this world and overcome sin, death, and the devil. And one day, he promises that for eternity, there's going to be a different circumstance for you. You're going to be the child of a king. You're going to have a place prepared for you in heaven. You get to be with the Lord forever. And all those are really good and awesome things. But in the meanwhile, still, even though sometimes life is hard, that God walks through those trials and those storms with us. And not only does he walk through them with us, but he provides our daily needs for us. He, his spirit is there to comfort us, to minister to us, even when we are suffering. And, and there's a reason then to celebrate. The Lord and his presence is with us. Even though maybe everybody else would abandon us, everyone else would leave us, the Lord is with us. And, and we also see that we have a reason to celebrate in this text uh, is because the Lord has taken away the punishment from us. The beginning of that verse 15, the Lord has taken away your punishment. Think about that. The Lord is with you and the Lord has taken away your punishment. The, the one of the reasons we don't have to fear any harm is because that punishment, that eternal punishment that we deserve has been taken away from us. See, friends, you and I, we have trespassed the boundaries, the holy law of God, and we've been caught. And sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from an eternal home with Him. Sin would bring us the ultimate harm and ultimate decay. But because of the Lord's presence with us, we have nothing to fear. Uh, There is a... Uh, a manger scene that uh, one of my friends has out in front of their house. And, uh, you know, it's a very uh, skillfully made uh, a manger scene. And, but there's kind of an interesting plaque that goes with it, kind of a little bit morbid and kind of catches people off guard. The, on the plaque it says, Born to die. Born to die. And, and, you just kind of wonder what people think about when they see this. They see this little manger scene. They see the little baby Jesus there. And then they see this plaque, born to die. See, friends, that's, that's our Emmanuel. That's God with us. That's our Savior. And that's why His coming matters. And this whole Christmas season is important. Because in Jesus' coming and the Lord with us, we, we have no reason to fear. He has taken away our punishment. He's borne the, the penalty that we should bear for our trespasses. And we have a reason to celebrate because of the Lord's presence. That he has provided for us the taking away of our very punishment. 
We, we see also in this verse, in verse 15, that we have a reason to celebrate because of the Lord's presence with us and, and has turned back your enemy. The, the second part of that, that uh, uh, promise there. The Lord's presence has turned back our enemy. And, and honestly, no one likes enemies, right? No, no, no one wakes up and goes, oh, I'm just looking forward to seeing my enemies. No. You know, they're, they're, they're people who are intentionally against you. They find delight in your suffering. They want to see you suffer or fail. And, and, and nobody likes that. Nobody likes uh, enemies. But the promise of, of God's presence with us is that he's turned back our enemy. That our enemy is no longer there standing against you. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, well, how is that really possible? I still feel like there are enemies out there. I still feel like I have foes that I'm facing and, and God hasn't done anything about them. What's up with that? And, and ultimately, in the, in the salvific sense, there, there has been an, our enemy that's been turned back from us, hasn't he? Even, even though our enemies may take different names and faces, we all have one uh, same enemy that we are striving and fighting against this side of eternity, don't we? Who is that? It's the devil. That's right. Satan himself and his army is, is fighting to, against God's people, and we're in a battle. And we hear that throughout the, the New Testament writings, especially Paul highlights that on a number of occasions, that, that we are to be armed with the, the armor of God because your adversary, the devil, is coming after you. He, he's got fiery arrows that are coming to, to pierce you, to lead you astray and into temptation. And Peter paints this picture of the devil being a, a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. That's our enemy. The one who is standing against us. But, but think about what happened, friends, at, at the Lord's presence with us, at his coming. What, what took place when Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us? See, at Jesus' birth, a resolution was made. A resolution was made at Christmas. That Jesus was coming to put an end to the reign of Satan and all that he stood for. That Jesus was coming to turn back our enemy. That's why his coming is significant, friends. Jesus is coming to put an end to the reign of our foe. And, and so we, we get to verse 17, and, and when we see this repetition there, and, and we see this, this great climax of, of, of all of what Zephaniah is writing, and, and he says, The Lord your God is with you, a mighty one. Who will save? The Lord your God is with you, a mighty one who will save. You see, friends, for us at Christmas time, we have a great thing to rejoice in, a great reason to celebrate. Because what Zephaniah is writing about here to the people has been fully manifested for us in the person of Jesus Christ. We have been able to experience fully God with us, Emmanuel. And, and because of that, our, our judgments have been cleared. Our enemies have been turned back. Our foe has been defeated. And because of the mighty one who is with us, Jesus Christ himself, our Lord and Savior, Emmanuel, the Lord in our midst, we have a reason to hope this Christmas. 
We have a reason for joy and for gladness and a reason to celebrate in all of what Zephaniah talks about there in the earlier verses. We have a reason to rejoice and exalt because of what has happened at Christmas. God looked at us in our helpless estate. He looked at us in the storms of life that we're going through. He looked at us deep wallowing in the mud of our sin and our shame. He looked at us against the adversary of the devil and, and, and death and hell. And he looked at us and he said, I love you. I care about you. And, and I don't just say that, but I'm going to come and prove that. I'm going to come and be with you. I'm going to be your protector. I'm going to be your savior. And, and our heavenly father came and, and he dwelt among us. The one who, who is the creator of all things. The one who is the great star breather. The one who brought all things into being. He came as our brother. He came as a man. Dwelt among us. Incarnate. Jesus. And for that reason, friends, when we go into Christmas here, we, we don't have a reason to be, to be fearful. We, we get to live in that promise that Zephaniah talks about, that, that never again will you fear any harm. Because God is with us. The, 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 the one who created all things, the one who holds all things in his hand, the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, the one who is in control of death and life itself, the one who is able to do anything he wants, that is the one who is on our side. That's the one who's with us. That's the one who's fighting for us. That's the one who's our savior. And, and yes, the storms are still going to be there in our life. And just look at the apostles. Life wasn't easy for them. There was times where, where Paul writes that he was just so poor. Or, or the apostles, you know, 11 of them were martyred for their faith. That that's, doesn't sound like a, a, an easy life, does it? There were still challenges. There were still hardships. But in Jesus, God has chosen to demonstrate something to us. He's chosen to make a statement about what his position is for us. That he's not going to leave us hanging. That he's not going to leave us by ourselves or forsake us. But that he promises through his son Jesus Christ in a real and tangible way that he is never going to leave us. That he is never going to forsake us. That he is going to walk through everything with us through the person of his son. And, and, and ultimately bearing those burdens that we should bear. As Jesus himself says, take heart, I have overcome the world. And so, friends, as you go into Christmas, no matter what hardships you might be facing this year, no matter what challenges you may be, be coming up against, the, this little boy in the manger gives you a reason to celebrate this Christmas, a reason to hope. There's a mighty one who has come to bring salvation. And he is in our midst. It's Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we consider your son and who he is. Lord, we have been given such a great gift. Uh, your son Jesus, come for our salvation. Come to remind us, Lord, that you are with us. Emmanuel. And, and because of that, we have no reason to fear. You have all things in your hands. Direct our hearts and our minds to you this Christmas. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
for listening to God's Word for today. If you are impacted by the message you heard, please consider donating to the ministry of Living Word Lutheran Church by visiting www.livingwordaflc.org.